Welcome to the Man in the Mirror Bible Study Podcast. Today we are continuing our series, Looking at the Fruit of the Spirit. Our topic today is patience, the key to wisdom and contentment. Our speaker is Brett Clemmer, president of Man in the Mirror. So we're we're continuing now. We're at the Man in the Mirror Bible Study. We're continuing in our series on uh, Fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit. So these are the fruits, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And so we've been through uh, love, joy, and uh, peace. And um, today we're talking about patience. We're not always excited to talk about patience, are we? I mean, um, have you ever heard the phrase, you you know, be careful what you pray for? Don't, and whatever you do, don't pray for patience. Like, because God will give you something that you've got to be patient about. Um, and so here's my, here's my question uh, for you this morning, and that is this. What are you impatient about right now? What are you impatient about right now? Just take a second and think about that. What are you impatient about right now? So this is, this is the area of your discontent. And when we're talking about patience, the idea of discontentment is a really important thing to think about because, because patience, when you are discontent, you tend to be impatient, right? Because no man likes to sit in his discontentedness. And so discontented people often take matters into their own hands, which may be fine. You may need, you may need to go do something unless you're taking it out of God's hands. And so when, when we are discontent and we become impatient and we become impulsive, we, take the, we tend to, as men, take things out of God's hands. I've noticed, and you guys have probably noticed this too, there's, that guys sort of go to one extreme or the other. We either tend to be passive or we, or we tend to be aggressive, right? We either, we either sort of sit back and wait too much and we don't, we don't lean into the things that we should. That's not patience. Patience is not passivity. We'll talk about that in a second. But on the other hand, a lot of times when we get, when we get discontent, we get impatient and, we, and then we do something impulsive. And impulsive decisions are rarely good ones. Once in a while you get lucky, right? But for the most part, uh, impatient decisions are not good ones. Um, this thing's going to drive me into distraction. Um, so Augustine said this, he said, patience is the companion of wisdom. Patience is the companion of wisdom. And so we're going to look at sort of the, the connection today between patience and contentment and, and wisdom. All right. So the, how is it? Here's our outline. We're going to talk about when you feel impatient. We're going to talk about how patience pays off, and then we're going to talk about patience in practice. So if you have a Bible, turn to James chapter 5. Are there batteries back there? Turn to James chapter 5 if you have a Bible with you. James chapter 5, starting at verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at your door. Thank you. 
And so you look in this passage where James is, uses the example of the farmer, right? Why would he use the example of the farmer? Well, think about what a farmer does. He plants and he waits. And if a farmer plants and then he gets impatient with the seed sprouting, he, he goes out every morning and he looks at the fields and there's dirt. And he goes out the next morning and he looks at the fields and it's dirt. And he goes out the next morning and he looks at the fields and it's dirt. And he doesn't understand the way that growth happens. He could become impatient. He might put extra fertilizer on because he thinks, well, it must need more fertilizer. Or he might overwater it. Oh, it just needs more water. Or God forbid, he might just plow the, he just figured out, well, I got some bad seed here. So I'm just going to replow the field and start over again. And as he plows the field and he looks in the dirt, he sees all these seeds that have sprouts on them that were just in their normal process of growing, but he wasn't patient. And that's what James is talking about here, that we have to give things time to bear fruit, that we have to be patient about it, that when we're impatient, like a farmer who plows up a field, we can ruin our crop. And then, well, it wasn't the batteries. It, uh, All right. And then he goes on uh, in verse um, in verse 10. He says, as an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. So, this is the thing about patience. When he's talking about patience in this, uh, in this list of fruit of the Spirit, he's not talking about like um, sitting around drumming your fingers. He's talking actually about patience in the face of difficulty. Another word that we would use for this is steadfastness. So why do you think you would need to be patient in the face of difficulty? Because if you're, if you're facing difficulty, what do most men want to do? You want to solve the problem. Say it again. Yeah, you want to act. You want to, you want to get into it. And what did Job do? This is the example that James uses. He says, what did Job do? He waited. His, you know, I know his, his, his friends get a lot of heat, you know, for, for jumping in. But, you know, they did sit with him for seven days before any of them said anything. You know, and so they waited. Now they they were they were ultimately impatient. His friends were impatient. They started looking for reasons, looking for justification. They started asking him, What did you do wrong? What did Job do in his waiting? Spoke to God. He didn't he didn't run around asking all these yeah, I mean he had three friends sitting there right next to him as he's going through these hardships. Would have been easy for him to turn to them and say, guys, what do you think I should do? What, what, what's going on here? Give me some advice. And, so, and counsel is good. But the first thing that Job did before he listened to any counsel was he went to God and he took all his frustration and all his anger and all his impatience and all his hurt and he went to God with it first. We had a great lesson for patience. So... This is, this is our call to patience. This is, um, this is why we, um, um, 
why when we feel impatient, the way, the way that we should respond to that is to not jump into action all the time, not try to solve the problem, not, not try to, you know, look for the advice that we want so that we can do what we want. You've seen guys do this, right? We just sort of ask for advice until we hear the thing that we're looking for. And then we go, oh, well, so-and-so told me I should do this. It's their counsel, right? No, you, we lean in to our relationship with God and we talk to God. And so then the next thing then is that patience pays off. Patience pays off. When you are patient, guys, you are following the ultimate example. You are following the example of the Lord. In Second, in Second Peter 3, you don't need to turn there. He said, uh, Peter says this, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. What does this mean? It means that, that um, God, is, God is patient with us to get to the place where we're willing to follow him. We're, because if he, if he judged you, I mean, think about, for those of you that have, have put your faith in Christ, think about the time before you put your faith in Christ. What if God judged you then? How would, he have, how would a just God have to judge you then before you found your salvation? You'd be judged harshly, right? But God doesn't judge you then. God is patient. And so this, is, again, is a lesson. Pa patience pays off. A.W. Tozer said that problems patiently endured will work for our spiritual perfecting. So when we're patient, when we're steadfast in the face of struggles, in the face of hardship, it has, the, it has this um, effect of spiritual perfecting. And the, and the word that we use for that is sanctification. So if you are impatient, you can short circuit your sanctification. But if you will instead leave things in God, God's hands, wait on the Lord, you are doing what Peter calls taking on the divine nature. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, I'm going to actually start at verse 3, and then 5 through 7 is on the sheet, on the slide. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Partakers of the divine nature. How wild is that? Think about that phrase for a second. Having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And then verse 5, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness, patience, with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Patience, steadfastness, persevering through the difficult times, not trying to take matters into your own hands. Treating, it, it, it gives us the it gives us the motivation. It gives us the tools that we need even to live in community together. It ends up with brotherly affection. It ends up with love. And then he says this, for these qualities are yours and are increasing 
they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, this idea of patience, godliness, brotherly affection, and love, these all work together. But the, but, but the one, but one of the key ingredients, Peter says, is this idea of staying steadfast, this idea of being patient. And so that leads us to our big idea, that patience leads to wisdom and contentment. Patience leads to wisdom and contentment. Why? Because an impatient man will often make unwise choices. An impatient man will often make unwise choices. And an, imp an impatient man refuses to live in his discontent. Sometimes, guys, there is a holy discontent. You know things aren't right. And if you won't abide there, if you won't wait on the Lord there, if you won't go to God and lean into it like Job did, and you get impatient with your discontent, you can rush into bad decisions. And when you learn to live in your discontent, here's the interesting thing. The discontentedness goes away and it's replaced by something else. And that's faith. So God can use the difficulties. God can use the opportunities that he gives you that force you to be patient, to be steadfast, to help you not live in a place of discontent, but rather live in a place of faith, a place of contentedness, where you say, I'm okay in this difficulty because I trust that the Lord will take care of me. I trust that the Lord has a purpose for this difficulty, and I can't wait to see what that is. So let's look then at patience in practice. First uh, Thessalonians uh, 5, turn over to First Thessalonians 5. I'm going to read a long passage here, or a longer passage here as well. If you were in James, you're just going over a few books. Past Timothy. First Thessalonians uh, 5, 12 through 19. I think I have 14 and I have 13 and 14 up there. But listen to this passage. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. So this is patience and practice in your church. So Paul, sa uh, Paul says to the Thessalonians, there are, there are people laboring among you. Your, your leaders, your pastors, your elders, your deacons, your ministry leaders. And so the first thing he's saying is have respect for those who labor among you. Now you might say, what does this have to do with patience? Well, I got to tell you, I'm an elder in my church and I experience a lot of people being impatient with me because they don't like a decision that we make or they don't like the fact that we can't drop everything and run to visit them in a, in a difficult situation or or, you know, what, whatever that thing is that they're discontent with, that they're impatient with. And so very from my position, I can tell you in church leadership, it's very important that it starts here, that Paul is saying, hey, hey, hold your leaders with respect. They're, they're working hard to serve you. And especially for most of us, there are some vocational leaders in the church, but most of the leadership in the church is done by lay guys, just like us. Many of you are leaders in your church. You want people to have respect for the work that you do. And then it goes to, from there to be at peace among yourselves. 
And then we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. I don't know about you guys, but it's people that make me the most impatient, right? When I'm convinced of something and somebody's faint-hearted about it, I'm like, what's your problem? It's so clear to me. This is what we should do. When somebody's idle, I look at them and I think they're idle. What's another word for idle when you're being judgmental? Lazy, right? But I don't, and I, so I get impatient. I'm not gentle. But maybe the reason that they're being idle is because they're overwhelmed. Because they're, they're, they have relation, like a marriage that's falling apart and, they, or, and they're paralyzed or, they're, or their work is, they're afraid they're going to lose their job tomorrow and they're paralyzed. And Paul says, be patient with people and even, even idle people, even faint-hearted people and, and even weak people. In fact, what he says is help the weak, right? So admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, but be patient with them all. This is what patience looks like in practice. So let me ask, well, in fact, let me, let me read the rest of this passage because it's pretty cool. Uh, he says, see that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ce- ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You want to memorize a good verse? All, all of us, when we were in middle school, if we were in church, we memorized John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept, the shortest verse in the Bible. All right. I'll give you a three word verse to memorize. First Corinthians uh, excuse me, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. This is, this is actually the key to patience, is to pray without ceasing. So let me ask you a question. Where do you need to be patient right now? Are you frustrated in your marriage? Is your wife just not meeting your needs, whatever those needs might be, or not you know, not being the wife that you thought she would be. Is she going through a struggle? Maybe she's had a loss or a difficulty and you just, you're just like, why? I'm a, you're a guy, right? You analyzed, you analyzed the situation, came to a conclusion of how you should handle it and you're ready to move forward. And women don't work that way, do they? You know, she might be sitting and stewing in something that's really frustrating you. And you're like, why can't she just get over this? Why can't she just move on? Be patient. Be patient. She may be treating you unjustly. You may have a wife that's angry with you all the time. You may have a wife that's unequally yoked with you, that you are wanting to move forward in your faith and she's not. Be patient. Be steadfast in your marriage. You may have a a wife who's not physically interested in you. And I don't know... I don't, I can probably count on one hand the number of men I met, I've met that are not physically interested in their wives, right? We're gung-ho. It almost doesn't matter what else is going on in our, in our lives. Like, but your wife is not responsive. And what is a, what is a discontent, impatient man do in a, in a marriage like that? He starts looking around. Maybe he looks around online or maybe he looks around at work or maybe he looks around at clubs or bars i mean what whatever it's not that's that's living in your discontent and it's being impatient and it's 
causing you to sin. Be patient, be steadfast in your marriage. Maybe you've got kids that are driving you bonkers. They're not obeying, they're not making good decisions, they're maybe they're dating someone you hate, especially you guys with daughters, right? So how do you be patient in a situation like that? Well, you encourage the faint-hearted, you help the weak, you look at your children and their difficulties, and you walk with them, you don't push against them. What does patience look like in a relationship with your kids when they're going in a direction that you don't want them to go? I remember my, my dad, um, when I was uh, in, in college, I decided that I, this Christian thing just, I, I, I don't know. Well, I'm, I mean, there's a God, but I was kind of an agnostic. I kind of drifted into agnosticism for a little while. Very convenient agnosticism. Like, there's a God, but he's not really interested in me. And my dad, one of the godliest men I've ever known, looked at me and he said, okay. And I was like, I like prepared for what I was going to tell him when I felt like I could weather the lecture that I knew I was going to get. And the lecture was, okay. And I literally, I like asked him for the lecture. I'm like, what do you mean, okay? What, what? And in his patience, he said something incredibly wise. Because wisdom is the companion of patience. And he said, son, there comes a point in every man's life where his faith can't be his parents anymore. It has to be his own. So you've come to the end of your mom's and my faith, and now you have to figure it out for yourself. And you will. And he said, here's the thing. I know the end of the story. I've got total confidence that you will figure this out. And, in the, and we were sitting out, we were actually sitting outside a go-kart track. So I figured, you know, at some point I could just end the conversation and say, let's go drive go-karts. And he said, and he just looked at me and said, you'll, you'll figure this out. I know how the story ends. Let's go drive some go-karts. Patience. Well, I'm sure every muscle in his spiritual body wanted to argue with me, wanted to prove his case. I know this because I've gone through this exact same thing with my daughter. And I just, she told me that she was struggling in her faith. And I looked at her and I said, that's okay. Because you've come to the end of moms and my faith and you have to figure this out for yourself. But honey, I know how this, I, I believe, I know how the story is going to end. And it's been five, six years of being very patient. I did not make my dad wait that long. I was a better child than my daughter is. I'm just going to tell you that. <laughs> and, that's, and that's where she is. And because I'm patient, because her mom and I are patient, we have a great relationship with her. When we have meaningful conversations and she leans into our relationship. But she, if I was impatient, and I've been impatient at times, I have, through the years, I've made a couple of, uh, you know, thinking I was like Dinesh D'Souza going to make, like, have a debate with her, and I'm going to win the, I'm going to win the argument. She's going to be convinced by my rationality, right? 
And that's, that's when I heard her and that's when I pushed her away and I had to go back and apologize and just go back to being patient again. Where do you need to be patient? Maybe it's in your job that you're really dissatisfied with. Maybe it's with a coworker who just really gets under your skin. Maybe you've got a friendship that feels completely one-sided and that that person just con consistently takes advantage of you and you just want to lay into them. Where can you have the opportunity to intentionally engage in patience? And where will that patience come from? It will not come from your own strength. It will come from the Spirit of God. And so how do we uh, be patient? What are some strategies then for being patient? So the first one is that Bible verse I gave you, which is pray without ceasing. Secondly, is practically speaking, when you're impatient with a person, the first thing to do is ask the question, like, how does God see this person? When you have a coworker you'd like to strangle, like, how does God see that person? How does God love that person? How can you be more like Christ to that person? That will bring you great patience. And then put yourself in their shoes. You know, I think a lot of times we ask what is going on, but we never ask why. When, you know, when you're having problems with a person, there's almost always something going on in their life. And you may be the only person that will lean in and try to find out what's going on. And you can walk with them through that problem. So when you're impatient with the person, ask, how does God see them? And then put yourself in their shoes. And then if you're impatient with the situation, ask this question, what might God be teaching me? Because you know what I'm impatient with? I'm, imp I'm impatient with difficulties that have no purpose. Aren't you? I hate it when something's just, I mean, like we live in a fallen world. Sometimes things are difficult. There's really no reason for it at all that you can discern. But if you will, if you will stop, there may not be a reason, like a worldly reason, but there is always a purpose that God is accomplishing. What could that purpose possibly be? Make it, you know, make it a detective story with, with you and God as the, as the protagonist. But try to figure out what God's trying to teach you. Or what is God trying to protect you from? You know, you didn't get that house. I missed it. And you really wanted that house. It's a beautiful house. What might God be protecting you from? And then you find out the people that bought it found termites a year later. Or you didn't get that job. It was a perfect job, you thought. And then later on, you find out that that place just churns through people, just eats people alive and spits them out. Like, what might God be protecting you from? And this is how we build our faith. I'll leave you with this quote from Ian Bounds. He said, I think Christians fail so often to get answers to their prayers because they do not wait long enough on God. They just drop down and say a few words and then jump up and forget it and expect God to answer them. Such praying always reminds me of a small boy ringing his neighbor's doorbell and then running away as fast as he can go. If we're going to pray, gentlemen, we need to wait to hear the answer and not just like lob a request at God and then run, a, run on with our lives and just expect him to take care of things. God wants us in relationship. 
So most of all, trust in the Lord, wait on him, expect his wisdom, put your hope in his will, put your hope in his love. Because remember our big idea, patience leads to wisdom and contentment. Let's pray. Father, we are often, we confess, we are often discontent. We are unwise, Lord, and the reason is, is because we are impatient. We don't wait on you. We don't pray without ceasing, Lord. We get distracted by the worries and cares of life. We get overwhelmed by the struggles and the difficulties of broken people and a fallen world. Lord, we confess that we literally cannot be patient on our own. We need your spirit, Lord. We need the, the power, the almighty God of the universe to give us patience so that we can see what you're doing in our lives and in our hearts so that you can use us to build your kingdom by loving those around us well, by by being patient with the weak and the faint-hearted and even the idle. And so, Lord, I pray for all of us that you would help us to lean into our relationship with you, to wait on you, Lord, that you would give us the patience of Job, the steadfastness of Peter and Paul, Lord, that we might love you and bring your kingdom into this world for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find the Man in the Mirror Bible Study wherever you listen to podcasts as well as on our YouTube page. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and share the podcast with friends. Since 1986, Man in the Mirror has been teaching the Bible, helping us reflect deeply as men and apply God's truth to our lives. This Bible study is recorded in front of a live audience every Friday morning outside of Orlando, Florida. If you need help navigating your life or leading other men, please go to maninthemirror.org and check out our vast library of Bible study videos, blogs, and articles on Christian growth and leadership. There are plenty of resources you can use to grow in your faith and help others grow too. At maninthemirror.org, you will find books written just for men, helpful materials for your church's ministry to men, and even a potential career in men's discipleship. If you're a man personally struggling in life, or you need help in discipling men, please send us an email at biblestudy at maninthemirror.org and let us know how we can help.